Welcome back to another episode of the Pursue Your Spark podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Heike. And today we're diving into a topic that's incredibly timely and relevant. And that is Sober October. Have you heard Sober October, Dry July or Dry January, but not sure what that all means? And in relationship to our Sober October, it's a movement that encourages people to abstain from alcohol for the month of October. It's a chance to hit the reset button and to evaluate our relationship with alcohol and to explore healthier alternatives. For some of us, alcohol has become the go-to for different reasons like stress, hormonal changes, or even social pressures. But what if I told you there's a way to unwind, celebrate, and even commiserate without reaching for that wine glass or that drink? So this episode is for you, whether you're curious about Sober October, looking to make a lifestyle change, or simply interested in a healthier alternative to alcohol. Stick around as we unpack why taking a break from alcohol can be a game changer for your physical and emotional well-being. We also explore whether the trendy non-alcoholic beverages with adoptogens could be a healthy alternative that you have been seeking for for Sober October, or are they not? You'll find out in this episode, so let's dive into our feature content. Hi, I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with over 35 years of experience. I'm on a mission to empower women over 50 to reclaim their health, strength, and vibrancy and step into the best version of themselves during this extraordinary phase of life. You're joining an incredible global community of women who have decided to stop dimming their light and ignite their inner spark instead. I'm thrilled to have you with us. On this podcast, I break down complex fitness, nutrition, and mindset concepts into easy, achievable steps that you can incorporate into your life today. No matter where you are, it's never too late to start. I sit down with some truly amazing people who've gone from tough times to great heights and experts who share tips to tackle your challenges. You'll feel supported knowing you're not alone in your journey. It's like having a personal support team in your corner. Together, we're going to change the conversation around aging, break down barriers and reveal the true power of being over 50. So let's challenge the norms, take action and say, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Today, we're diving into the buzz around the benefits of taking a break from drinking alcohol and instead drinking non-alcoholic drinks or mocktails, but also talk a little bit about the drinks that are infused with adaptogens. If you've been keeping an eye on wellness trends, you know adaptogens in drinks are all the rage. These drinks promise everything from stress reduction to hormone balance, making them sound like the unsung heroes we've been waiting for. But we're asking today, are they really that healthy or is it all just hype? We also find out about the reasons we drink alcohol and steps to navigate those reasons with concrete steps that you can take 
if you want to reduce your alcohol consumption and dive into why you're drinking, not just for pleasure, but other reasons that we'll address today. So let's find out what is Sober October and how the heck did it get started? Sober October started as a fundraising campaign in Australia and the UK, also known as Oxober with a C, to raise awareness about the health risks of excessive drinking. It began as a fundraising campaign to support different charitable organizations. The name of Sober October is credited to the Macmillan Cancer Support Group, a UK-based cancer charity. The campaign mainly focuses on raising awareness about the health risks associated with excessive drinking, including liver disease, cancer, and other long-term issues. It's no joke. It's a way for people to reset their relationship with alcohol, evaluate its role in our lives, and perhaps adopt healthier habits moving forward. Well, it's ironic that Sober October is in the month of actually September, October, where we're celebrating the Oktoberfest in Munich, a big beer fest known all around the world for its tents, its traditional outfits, its rum-tum-tum music, and its ginormous two-liter beer mugs. There is a lot of drinking, but there's also a lot of partying going on. And some of the pictures after the Oktoberfest each day, the Oktoberfest starts in the afternoon each day for about two weeks and goes on. I don't remember what time, but it goes into the evening and the remnants of that drinking night do not look pretty when you look around the fields of the Oktoberfest. But it is a tradition and it started with the wedding of one of the crown princes in Bavaria. So that's all I want to tell about this story. So the reasons why we drink. Many enjoy a good glass of wine or beer after a hard day at work and because we want to de-stress. But we might drink more than we anticipate. We want to pat ourselves on the back for a great job done. We want to de-stress. And so we end up out of this one glass, it's maybe two glasses or even more. We enjoy alcohol to bond with others or relax at social gathering. It's like a way to celebrate or feel closer to your friends and traditions. How many times have you said to your girlfriend, hey, let's meet up for a drink. Let's meet up for happy hour. Uh, Let's grab a bottle of wine. Uh, It is not uncommon that this is a social bond that we go to first. For whatever reason, we've been taught this, that this is a way to socialize instead of thinking of other things, which I'll talk about later in this episode. Some people turn to alcohol when they're depressed and feeling down. It can temporarily make them feel better or help them unwind after a tough day. Everybody, or I would say most everybody, including myself, had a broken heart or had my heart broken, I should say. And boy, I emptied that bottle of wine faster than you can say hello. And it helped me numb my pain for a little while, but it was not the way to go to deal with this breakup. Alcohol can make you feel good. By changing your brain chemistry, like with the stories I just told you, this can lead to wanting more of it. So we feel happy, we feel relaxed, and sometimes 
it turns into a having or a craving that is the solution. If I feel bad, if I want to celebrate, if I want to meet up, this is what I'm going to do. I'm drinking. Not always excessively, but that's the first go-to. So we go, got to go back into our habits when we evaluate this. Taking a month off, like, for instance, like we talked today, the sober October can be a double-edged sword for women in midlife. On one hand, it offers a break and a chance to reset by drinking mocktails or mocktails with adoptogen as an alcoholic replacement. But you might think you're taking a break from a habit. But on the other hand, it can create a false sense of control, leading some of us to believe they've mastered their drinking habits, they know exactly when to stop, only to revert back to old patterns when the month is over. This cycle can be an emotional roller coaster causing highs from the initial success and then down the dumps when the old habits resurface. A temporary break often sidesteps the root emotional or psychological issues that lead to this excessive drinking in the first place. So while a month off is a step in the right direction, it is crucial to approach it as a starting point for a deeper self-exploration rather than a complete solution. Now, I mentioned this in the intro. There's a many health risks associated for drinking too much, especially for women. Excessive alcohol consumption can pose several health risks for women as we age. And we're here in midlife and we're, uh, we are also beyond midlife, some of our listeners. Prolonged heavy drinking can lead to liver disease. Even moderate alcohol intake is associated with increased risk of breast cancer, a more pronounced concern in postmenopausal women though. Heart health can also be compromised with alcohol contributing to high blood pressure and heart disease. A study by M. Stamford et al. in 1988 suggests that among middle-aged women, moderate alcohol consumption decreases the risk of coronary heart disease and ischemic stroke, but may increase the risk of subarginoid hemorrhage. Mental health may suffer as alcohol can worsen or trigger depression and anxiety. Additionally, the immune system can weaken, bone health may be affected, and hormonal imbalances can occur. A study by M. Hernandez Avia et al. in 1991 suggests that caffeine and alcohol consumption increases the risk of osteoporotic fractures in middle-aged women. These risks underscore the importance of moderation or reduction in alcohol consumption, especially for women in midlife. So these two studies directly relate to what we're talking about today. And I'll leave a link for you in the show notes to check out those studies. You heard me mention the word adaptogens now a couple of times. So what are adaptogens? Adaptogens are natural substances, often herbs or mushrooms, used for centuries in Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine to help the body adapt to stress. These unique compounds, including ginseng, ashwagandha, rhodiola rosea, are believed to tailor their effects to your body's needs. In other words, they adapt to help you cope with 
physical, chemical, and biological stresses. While the concept of adaptogens has ancient roots, it's gaining modern tradition as people increasingly seek natural ways to manage stress and improve overall well-being. Scientific research on adaptogens is still in its infancy here on the, in the West, with some studies suggesting potential benefits and others calling for more investigation. So let's dive into these drinks that are fused or infused with adaptogens. Are they worth the hype? The trend of incorporating adaptogens into non-alcoholic beverages is part of a larger movement towards and air quoting here, this functional drinks, those that offer more than just hydration. These adaptogen infused beverages are designed to deliver the purported health benefits of those ancient herbs in a convenient and tasty format. They often marketed with claims ranging from stress relief and, bene uh, and energy boost to cognitive enhancement and general wellness. It's also worth noting that individual reactions to adaptogens can vary and are not a substitute for a balanced diet, exercise, and appropriate medical care. So here are six non-alcoholic alternatives to get you through sober October. There's a growing market, of course, for non-alcoholic alternatives to alcoholic drinks, often referred to as mocktails, non-alcoholic spirits, alcohol-free beer, alcohol-free wine. These are designed to provide the flavor and complexity of alcoholic beverages without the alcohol content itself. So here's some alternatives that you might choose. One is kombucha. This fermented tea is an excellent alternative to beer or wine. It is tangy, effervescent quality, and comes in different flavors. Plus, it's rich in probiotics, which are good for our gut health. So do something good for your gut. Herbal teas. You may opt for a calming tea like chamomile or lavender in the evening when you're stressed and, and you need to chill out. For a more refreshing option, try ginger or peppermint tea. These can be served hot or iced depending on the season. Here also is coconut water. For those who miss the tropical taste of a cocktail, coconut water can be an excellent refreshing substitute. It's hydrating, contains essential electrolytes, making it a really healthy choice. Also very hydrating. You can make a mocktail with fresh fruit. Very simple and effective. All you do is add slices of fresh fruit, strawberries, cucumbers, or whatever, citrus fruits, whatever you like, to sparkling water. Again, it's hydrating and it's a great replacement instead of a soda or a sugary cocktail that you get at the bar. Alcohol-free wines. These are made by fermenting grapes as with red wine, but then removing the alcohol via a process that's called spinning cone column distillation, they should retain much of the flavor of the wine, although the lack of alcohol can affect the mouthfeel or the aroma in wine. And then, of course, there's alcohol-free beers. They are made similarly to regular beers, but the alcohol is removed. And at the end of the brewing process, through me uh, methods like vacuum distillation or reverse osmosis, they contain Ingredients like barley, hops, yeast, and water. And barley and hops are, again, healthy, especially barley. 
However, as with all food and drink products, it's essential to read the label and understand what you consume. While mocktails and non-alcoholic drinks are popular alternatives to alcoholic beverages, they come with a drawback. These can include high sugar content, which poses a health risk, like weight gain and diabetes, and artificial additives that some people prefer to avoid, and I'm one of those. Additionally, the taste may only partially satisfy those who enjoy traditional wines and beers. Cost can also be a factor as non-alcoholic versions or the trendy sparkling non-alcoholic aperitifs often require more processing. Lastly, it's worth noting that some of those drinks may still contain trace amounts of alcohol. So when I go back to the non-alcoholic aperitifs that are being marketed right now, they are so geared to women. They look soothing. They look relaxing. The ads are also, oh, I'm having such a good time. Look how happy I am. And I'm drinking this little concoction. And oftentimes they say no artificial flavor, none of this, no alcohol, soothing, but you never know how much of those adoptogens are really in that drink. And I did some research on the drinks and they were really expensive for a little drink. So the is it really that healthy or should you go or might you go back to my six non-alcoholic alternatives that are way cheaper and uh, way more satisfying like the coconut water or the kombucha or the herbal tea? Um, I dare to think so. I don't feel like I want to spend a ton of money on something that makes it so appealing and so relaxing. And, and I go back in my head, I see how they market these drinks. Women sitting together, having a great time instead of a glass of red wine, like we used to see. Now they're drinking these new drinks that cost a ton of money. You can have a good time. You can have a blast with your friends, not spending a ton of money and still have a great time and don't miss out on alcohol. So let's talk about the solutions for the trick, for why we're drinking and what triggers us to drink. We're talking also about social pressure and how to break the alcohol habit. As we navigate the complexities of midlife from hormonal shifts to changing family dynamics, it's not uncommon to lean on alcohol as a coping mechanism. However, reducing alcohol consumption can be a transformative step towards a healthier and more balanced lifestyle. Hey, it's Heiken. I wanted to share something super cool with you. If you've been wondering about trying out Pilates and intermittent fasting, I have the course for you. Have you heard of the Fasted and Fit Over 50 Jumpstart? I created this non-intimidating course for women over 50 and 60 that want to start feeling stronger, healthier, without another diet or exercise program that doesn't fit their lifestyle or health goals. The Fasted and Fit Over 50 Jumpstart is a 14-video self-paced course. This is for you if you are new to Pilates and have never tried intermittent fasting, but you're curious if it's for you. No equipment is needed or any food to buy. Why not? 
jumpstart your health and strength today. Go to HeikeYeats.com and get started. Let's identify the triggers. First, it is super important to do the work, as I like to call it. Instead of saying, yeah, whatever, I know, it's stress. Really dive into what it is. Consider keeping a drinking diary to spot patterns or using mindfulness techniques to become aware of your emotional state. When did you drink? Here's a quick uh, mindfulness technique that can be a game changer when you reach for the glass of wine or cocktail. It's called the stop technique, and that's how it works, S-T-O-P. Stop, the S. The moment you feel like you want to drink, just stop what you're doing, take a pause. Become mindful of what it is that you're about to do and why you grab, reach for a glass of wine. Let's just use the wine or the mocktail. Then T stands for take a breath. Take a deep breath in, hold it for a few seconds, and then exhale fully. Fill the lungs and then release it. So you stop. You pay attention. Why am I drinking? You take a pause. You wait, after you breathe, is it still something you want? Then on the O, you observe your thoughts and feelings. Ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Am I lonely? Stressed? Bored? Is that why I grab a drink? And P is for proceed. Finally, proceed with awareness. Decide whether you still want a drink or if there's a healthier way to cope with your feelings. I think the stop method or technique is such a great way to start tuning in why we grab the, the drink. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You, even if you fail the first several times around and you stop at the stop and then you go, okay, heck, I want a drink. It's your choice, but there's steps you can to, uh, take. This technique takes less than a minute, but can make a difference in helping you become aware of why you're reaching for that drink. Give it a try next time you feel the urge and see how it works for you. When we talk about social pressure, let's dive into st a strategy for handling social pressure, which can be a big obstacle when we try to cut back from alcohol. And this is called the PrEP technique, P-R-E-P. And it's all about being prepared. P, plan ahead. Before you go to any social event where alcohol will be served, make a plan. Decide how many drinks you'll have, if any, and stick to it. That's the plan. This is what we're going to do. Then you may want to recruit the help of a friend. Find a friend or bring a friend with you, could be your husband, wife, or significant others, uh, who also wants to cut back on alcohol. And you can be each other's accountability party, partner during the event. And you know what? Trust me, there's strength in numbers. When you're like saying, hey, I just had a drink, and you said, yep, we decided to stick to one drink, and you were about to grab that second drink, you probably think, oh, heck, I have to tell him or her, I'd rather not. Let's go for the, for the non-alcoholic. And besides, I don't really need it. I have a great time. E stands for establish an alternative. Choose a non-alcoholic drink you enjoy and 
make that your go-to for the evening. If you like a mocktail, go for that. This way you'll have something to hold and sip and make it easier to avoid alcohol. We all know when we stand at parties and we have nothing in our hands, oftentimes we grab the drink or we grab the chips and dip just to have something in our hands. So if you have your little non-alcoholic wine, to use it for an example, you have something in your hands so you don't feel so lost. So what am I going to do with my hands? Can't put them in my pockets. That's rude. So keep that in mind. P is prepare a script. Have a few lines ready when someone offers you a drink. It could be as simple as, I'm going to, I'm good. I'm not going to drink. I'm good with my sparkling water today. Or I'm taking it easy tonight. Um, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Using the prep technique, you'll be better equipped to navigate social situations without succumbing to the pressure to drink. It's all about setting yourself up for success. Now, ladies, doesn't it sound familiar? All of these things I talk about all the time, and the SPARK method is one of them too. It has similar steps named a little bit differently, but it's all about being prepared, being ready, know what you're saying, know what you're doing, being aware and mindful. And mindfulness is such a big part of how we achieve our goals, how we achieve what we want to do in our second half of life. And so keep these steps in mind. You may want to re-listen to the episode and write down those steps in your own words or just write the words, step, prep, to associate your next actions when it comes to breaking the drinking habit. So now let's talk about breaking the drinking habit, because let's face it, habits are hard to break, pun intended. Oftentimes we're told, oh, if you practice a habit for six weeks or six weeks, I should say, it will stick. That's not always true. It's just breaking the surface. If you have a habit of drinking for past 20 years, you're not going to break this in six weeks. Let's be real. But I got a technique for you that I like to call swap. And this technique may be a great way to start your new habits. The S stands for substitute. The first step is to find a substitute that brings you joy. Instead of after the glass of wine or beer after work, how about changing it to a cup of herbal tea or a brisk walk? It is so soothing to sit with a cup of warm tea and letting your mind unwind or go for a walk. It makes you feel better to be active because you've been sitting all day. You got this. W is write down goals. Set achievable, specific goals for yourself. Instead of saying, I'll drink less, which is non-specific, say, I'll only have one drink per week. Write these down and put them somewhere so you are reminded of what your drinking goal is. A, acknowledge achievements. Celebrate your alcohol-free days with non-alcoholic drinks or with a workout, whether it's a small treat or, or just a form of a gold star. Now that sounds like child's play, but it is. If you give yourself a gold star, you know I've made it again. I've worked on my habit. Acknowledge your achievements will boost your motivation. P 
stands for prepare your pitch. And here we go again. When you're out with friends and, and families or coworkers, be prepared to articulate why you're not drinking. A simple, I'm cutting back for my health, usually does the trick. Trust me, most people won't make a big deal out of it because when you take care of your health, they think of what they could do better as well. So there you have it, the swap technique, your roadmap, your roadmap to making more mindful choices about alcohol. Give it a try and see how it transforms your relationships with alcohol. Now, I have a fantastic resource for you here. And that was our podcast episode with Molly Watts, Changing Your Alcohol Habits. And I leave a link in the show note for you so you can listen to this episode. And it ties in perfectly what we're talking about, Sober October. Now, of course, we have to talk about exercise. And exercise can play a significant role in helping you reduce or manage excessive drinking, especially in midlife where we are already navigating so many life changes. Number one is stress relief. Of course, we talk so much about stress relief. Some stress is good, but too much stress, just we got to figure out how to reduce the stress. One of the main reasons people turn to alcohol is stress or eating. In our context, we talk about the sober October and exercise. Ex exercise is an excellent stress reliever and it releases endorphins, which make you improve your mood and reduce the risk of drinking. Who wants to have a big beer after a run or a glass of wine or whatever it is that you love to drink? So, when I used to be able to run not too long ago, my stress relief was running. If I had something I need to figure out to do or get rid of, I went for a run. I had to find a different way. So now I'm walking really fast <laughs> to reduce my stress. Time management. The time we're spending exercising is a time spent not drinking. It's a simple equation, but an effective one. If you're busy with a workout, you're less likely to drink excessively. You're not sitting around wasting your time. <laughs> okay, here, this is funny. It just popped into my head. Wasting away in Margaritaville. Everybody heard that song. So we're not because we're using our time to exercise. And Sleep is a big one. Many people use alcohol to fall asleep, which often leads to even worse sleep quality. Exercise can help enhance your sleep, reducing again the need to rely on alcohol to feel better. And it's also regular exercise is a self-esteem boost and a body image issue that you may have is worked off by exercising, which can be particularly empowering for women in midlife. This boosts in self-esteem. While you're exercising, you feel good, you sweat. You can trigger emotional triggers that or reduce those triggers that lead to excessive alcohol drinking. So you feel good about yourself. You just sweat. Well, I like to sweat. Some people don't, but you feel your muscles working, you're breathing, and you're out in the fresh air, perhaps. It is such a boost, and you feel proud of yourself that you went out for your walk or your hike or you did your weight training, whatever it is. But regular exercise is so, so, so important. 
exercise also can be a healthy alternative to alcohol when dealing with emotional or psychological challenges. Instead of reaching for their drink, run, do Pilates, can be a way healthier way to cope. It is, I have to say, it will be a little harder to change that habit and say, oh, the habit is I'm having a drink. And instead, you know, put on your running shoes or walking shoes or put your Pilates mat out. But it can be done. I already laid out the first steps for you. Find a group exercise class or fitness community can help you feel that you belong to somebody. And it could be a real accountability partner, partner, which is especially helpful if you want to reduce alcohol consumption. And it's always good to have a group. Like I used to have my Montgomery County Roadrunners running group that would, and I've mentioned this story before that when I ran, at, uh, we started usually at seven, first break a day with our runs and you had to be there half an hour, 15, 20 minutes earlier to get ready and figure out your pace group. And I was coaching and people were like looking for me and boy, if I didn't show up, did I get booed out? Like, where were you? you didn't show up. What happened? What's your excuse? Not to make me feel bad, all in a good, fun way, but I was like, oh, I better be showing up to do the exercise or coach it, because as a coach, I'm your role model, I'm their role model, and I definitely want to help out with that. So for the research for this one is how to make exercise a habit is another episode at 130 that you might want to listen in to get inspired, get encouraged that it can be done, that you can be in charge of your alcohol consumption with simple steps. And there's nothing wrong with having a drink every now and again. But think about the health risks. Think about the steps I outlaid for you, or laid out, I should say. The swap step, the prep step, the stop step are all good ways to wrap your head around what you can do differently when it comes to alcohol. As we wrap up today's episode, remember this. It's not about swapping one drink for another, even if it's a fancy, sparkling, non-alcoholic aperitif. The real transformation comes from you looking inward and discovering what problem alcohol might be solving for you. As you journey through midlife, embrace healthier coping mechanisms, manage stress, and enjoy the alternatives like exercise and mindful living the power to make mindful choices is within you you got this as you as i always like to say share your thoughts and takeaways with me by emailing me at hike it hike yates just include the word alcohol in the subject line i'd love to hear how this episode resonated with you your biggest takeaways and what you might need help with i'll read all my emails and I respond personally to your emails. So with that, my friend, have the most wonderful day. Enjoy your day. Live happy, as I said today earlier. Happiness is so important as we move forward in midlife. And I'll see you at the next episode on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.